promoting good body. So, single parents and anybody that's thinking about changing their job and career, etc. So, last summer I had a everything to do with my past, everything to do with my work, my family setting, everything. Everything come crumbling down, really, to make me think. And at the time, I was in a right state. Mentally, physically, appearance-wise, food-wise. I wasn't eating correctly, I wasn't sleeping correctly. All I could um, do was have these attacks into my brain. So... I look back now and it probably started two years before, but it actually started donkeys years ago when I, at some point in time, went into doing different jobs and different actions because I was kind of people pleasing and circumstance pleasing, okay? I'm not going to knock anybody for that whatsoever, but actually looking back on reflection even though it took me so much pain to uh, get through anything and I was honestly I could not think anything straight at all I thought everybody was against me I had um, self-sabotage moments I didn't like myself I didn't like anybody all I wanted to do was feel loved by somebody I kind of felt so alone I did do in those times, even though I was going a little bit nuts. And let's not sugarcoat this. Going a little bit nuts is when you are putting on a facade and in the head, it's like your brain is going, I haven't got a clue what I'm doing. I ain't got a clue. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do this. I don't want to get dressed. I don't want to get up. I don't want to go to work. I don't want to do any of that. And you know what? We all have those moments every weekend sometimes, usually when we've had a really good weekend or a really poor weekend. We don't want to face the Mondays, okay? But this is different. This is a different kind of, I don't want to do. It is like you lose the will to enjoy anything. And now I hear a lot of people saying um, that they like looking at the birds outside. And you know what? That's what changed. That's what changed me. I started to take responsibility of making sure my birds outside was fed. Little thing like that. It was the most crazy thing. I started talking to everybody about my birds too. And I was enjoying going anywhere else and even parking up. I'd be parked up in a car park and I'd be like, oh, a bird's come to see me. Thank you very, very much. That bird's come to see me. Oh, have you followed me? Because you're my life. And even now to this day, to this morning, walking past a bush and a bird came on the bush and it was like, thank you. Thank you very much. You've come to see me. Thank you. Oh. So anyway, it may sound a little bit uh, nuts to some people, but if uh, you're listening to this and it sounds completely alien to you, this ain't for you. And I'm not talking to you. So, you know what? Switch off. 
but the people that are starting to understand where I'm coming from on that enjoy it enjoy the birds because if that's the only thing that you've got to hang on to right now looking at the birds blooming out really bring it on bring it on you start looking them up like a proper bird watcher you'll start watching if it's the same bird as yesterday and you know the true reflection of oh that same bird's come to see me start looking at the clouds start looking at the trees start looking at the plants you start appreciating the most smallest little things things that you never ever took the time to look at before that I think uh, we need to know a little bit more about you because obviously your channel is uh, growing pains for an adult and I don't think a lot of people actually understand what that's um, about so I um, wanted to ask you some certain questions because obviously it's a bit vulnerable and a little bit more private but I understand that you wanted to set scene. So, I'm going to ask you a few questions. Now, the first ones that I'm going to set you, Carolyn, <laughs> is lost. What does that word mean to you? Unloved. No prospects. No family. Stuck. Heartache heaved off and why 14 was the year that you could go back to and I know by talking to you personally that you're quite key on discussing that if you don't stop the patterns that you end up going back round and doing the same patterns and nothing's likely to change. So I want you to explain what you mean by that. What do you mean by you can't change them? I've read an article that you wrote around can't change them, so don't change them. Just accept. That's very difficult. That's quite a blasé statement. So what does that mean? And how do you actually manage to cope with things and carry on being focused when still things are still coming at you? Okay, thank you.
Hello, I'm back after having a load of questions being fired at me uh, from a friend of mine. So um, I'm grateful to him. Right, I made a list. First thing is lost. So um, that was on the list. Why I think lost is so important. I think there comes a point in time that we have a couple of times where we do feel quite lost. So it's quite beneficial to realize and sit and go, why do I feel lost? Why do I feel that I don't know what's going on next? Why do I feel that I'm not really valuable to anybody right now? And by doing that, it kind of gives you the answers of what is going on and where you can go and daring yourself to feel that you can get out of that lost position. Not always in your control. If you're a youngster, you uh, can feel quite lost and you haven't got much control and you haven't got much money and you haven't got much uh, opportunity at that point in time, as of that day, as of that month, even as of that year. But that lost feeling um, can go away quite quickly if you start moving in the right direction. And what I mean by the right direction, because no direction is right or wrong, but the right direction is one step in front of the other. And it's as simple as that. And I know that we make it very, very complicated. Lost is trying to find direction. Lost is don't know where I am. Lost is in the middle of nowhere. But actually, lost can be okay. What would I do? What would anybody do if they're lost? They would go and get on the phones nowadays and go on uh, Google Maps. Where exactly am I? You press the button. You might get an old fashioned map. You might go to a corner shop. You might put on the TV or the radio to say which country you're in so you could pick up your language skills language of what where am I so in the moment of when your brain feels lost and your soul feels lost then maybe for me uh, what I could guarantee worked for me frustrated absolutely going out of my mind because you know I think I've probably gone through this probably every five years um, because I tend to work in a five-year pattern what did I do so for me, my simple task and tips would be take a moment of where you are to find out where you are. Am I in the living room? Am I in the kitchen? Am I in um, South Yorkshire? Am I in whatever country? Okay. I'm, I know I'm there. Okay. So that's a positive. I know that I'm sat here and I know my age. Okay. So I'm actually getting more details. I know my past up until that day. So you know where you've been. So just like they say to you, somebody comes along and they say to you, I can't find my keys, can't find my keys, I can't find my keys. And they say, well, retrack your steps. Exactly the same thing. Retrack your steps of where you've been. And there's more to it. And I'm not just going to say it by because at the end of the day, 
there has been a lot of soul searching to get to this point but retrack your steps of where you've been to say where I am today and along that path you'll remember some yellow brick road moments and you'll remember some dark days possibly but it will give you a sense of where you are now so the next thing is moving forward from that is okay so I'm not lost now because I actually know where I am right this moment how I got here and who's around me who's not around me and what I can do next because once you look back you can remember exactly where you were and how you got there and I'm not saying it was anything to do with your control because nine times out of ten when you're young things are out of your control so you've got a mental um, pattern within your head that you know that you got there somehow okay and it doesn't mean to say that you got yourself there neither you could be at that moment in time kicking and screaming it doesn't matter we're not talking about that it's like trying to find out where you are now okay be um, feeling that we need love and it's brilliant it's absolutely amazing to feel loved but what we're talking about now is when you do feel that moment that month that year of unloved and it's a subject that nobody likes to talk about because it's like well of course you know that you're loved and of course you you know I love you and all that kind of stuff that comes along in our lifetimes and people say that to us but actually if it's in your core and you don't feel um, loved then how do you get out of that how do you change it how do you develop that back in that you are really uh, kind of telling whoever well I don't actually feel loved because simply it's not the way that you see love and everybody's interpretation is completely different and you cannot no matter how much you want to fight and scream you cannot make them feel make them give you that feeling of loved unless you unless you accept their ways which is completely different to maybe how you want it so for example I've had people in my past who's like said you know you know you loved you know you loved but yes my little brain goes actions speak louder than words which I can't get rid of that saying I've had it since I was a little kid and that's the way I've gone all about my life is that actions speak louder than words so I've made sure I have proved that I love you but probably a little bit excessively an obsession if I'm honest that I wanted that person to feel that much love that you obsess about showing them in the wrong way sometimes as well not what they want I had it once where somebody asked me to have a chit chat with them and I had a chit chat with them and I started chatting when actually all they wanted was me to go mm. yeah oh 
Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I know. They didn't want no advice. They didn't want no comment. They wanted just the sounding board of human interaction, of saying, I need to get this off my chest, but I don't actually want your opinion. I don't want your um, judgment. I don't want nothing. I just want you to sit there, please. And that's quite hard to say to another human being. It's, I need to use your body <laughs> to use as a sounding board, you know? But I don't actually want you to talk. So anyway, I've wrote about this and I've discussed this with loads of people. And the main thing where you hear nowadays and you've heard from the last five years is all about self-love. But what I mean by that, and I do advocate self-love, is just accepting you and finding yourself quite wacky and silly like you would want a best friend in the playground to be with you is probably the most important part do you do the old-fashioned thing that everybody says look in the mirror and go I like you now I agree with that because I look in the mirror and I go I'm wondering what you're going to get up to today like I would do a complete um, stranger or friend because I'm a bit nosy but also that's encouragement because if you're not going to get encouragement of anybody else within your little world right now right while you're lost you definitely 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 need to start kind of materializing your own best friend from yourself not your own worst enemy which we're really good and well practiced at I think that skill, don't know where it comes from, from being youngster upwards. But we tend to find our brain talks um, as our bully in the playground. We seem to befriend this bully, which is all inside our heads and mixing us up. But we don't befriend the friend that we actually would want to go and play with, which is actually yourself. That sounds a little bit naughty, but you know what I mean. So, I tried to become my own friend and your own friend would say get off your backside and do something go and get a haircut go and make sure your hair looks okay today go and make sure that you've got the clothing on that represents you best for you so then you are dressing up for you and your best friend is inside of you so it's more than the self-loving it's the friend that you would love to meet in the playground and go and have some fun with. Now I have my best friend inside of me will say to me, you want to boogie, you want to dance, you want to listen to the lyrics, you want to uh, just look at the birds, just look at the trees, just look at the scenery, just go and people watch. That's my best friend would do. Your best friend might say come and have a go on a, a game or go and do another chore and things like that. Now, I think that's more bordering on being a bully, unless it's completely for a small amount of time that's going to take you out of this mind problems that we have at certain times in our life. So, I've got two tips that I'm going to leave you with now, because I think I'm going on a little bit now, and I'm conscious that I don't want to be a rambler. So, lost, find out where you've been, Okay. It will give you an idea of where you are now. Taking a deep breath and writing it down, going, I know, and that can take months. And trust me, that can take years. 
but it's only a work in progress and the work in progress what I mean by that is you can start that page and you could also do a timeline I've done timeline to actually really really zone in to find out where I've been to find out where I am now so a timeline right from a year that you choose mine's 14 and a half where I really thought it was a radical massive interruption into my life onwards and it also gave me a real good pinpoint of saying where do you think you shifted your focus where do you think you shifted your intentions of not giving you a nice feeling that day
podcast, but then you go forward and you take jobs sometimes that you don't even think of why you're taking them. You're taking them because you need money, nine times out of ten. Okay, so it's always the prospects are either if you've got absolutely zero experience in any, anything, you have got more to give in one way because you can actually be completely moulded into what the employer needs, which is great. Okay, so that's never a zero coming from a zero. And then obviously, as you get older, by looking at the roadmap of where you've been, it also gives you more prospects because you can translate those skills into something else. So for example, now, I know that I'll be okay. I went from being in business to selling my business, selling my home and living with my mum for a period of time. And in theory, my brain goes, well, actually before the COVID, I was going to go teaching abroad in English and enjoy a different kind of working experience as well as a living experience, something that I've never had opportunity to do. And that's what I'm after. I'm after completely new experiences, meeting brand new people, positive people, but also sharing whatever I've got in my kit bag with other people as well on a 50-50 appreciation. Okay, so even myself can sit here and go, well, I haven't got a clue what's going to come in my future, but I have got a toolkit now. I have got certain experiences that I can translate again and again, just like I have done already. I've been doing that since I was 15. So as a youngster, you can look at it and go, but I may not have this, this and this and this, but what I have got is staying power, stamina, I've done my education, I've got through school, I've got uh, friends, so I'm really good at meeting people and customer service. You may be good because you was very popular at school and you could know how to talk to people or you liked anything to do with sport. Right through, you can take that through to any other career, whether or not it's in catering in the future, whether or not it's in retail, whether or not that's in an office. And you can take that through every single job. Every single job will have a customer facing person. Every single job will have somebody who is more in the back office, wants to do uh, organisation of the paperwork, for example. Every single job will have somebody who has to make decisions. So you'll fall into those jobs as you go. And some you'll like and some that you won't like. The trick is to realise what you do like and why you liked it. It also depends, and I'm looking at my notes, because I had a real good realistic moment uh, about this of how I would describe coming from a youngster's point of view, but also somebody that was in my age group, which is in the 40s plus. And it all depends on what you are prepared to do. So if you want to completely have a different prospect in your future, are you prepared to go down to the bottom or are you wanting to go a little bit higher up and why? Why is that? Have you got any evidence that you've done anything in a responsible role that you can translate over to another career path, which may mean that you can stick within that particular level? Or do you have to go kind of down and can you afford to go down in pay salary, in time, um, in flexibility of days and hours 
are you ready to use your body for grafting instead of your brain? If you've always used your brain and then you have to change career and use your body, are you prepared to take that on? And if so, how long? Are you prepared to say, well, at this moment in time, I haven't got the right qualifications or skills. I'm going to have to wait until I've achieved that. And that might be two weeks for a course, or it might be another year. But if you're prepared to do that, either whilst you're working or whilst you're learning or earning money in a different fashion, sometimes you have to be prepared just to wait a year until you get there, until you've got that piece of paper. And why is that piece of paper so important? Is that going to take you to another career? Or is that piece of paper more for yourself to make sure that you felt clever? Okay, uh, or more achieved than you did when you first left school? Because it does work, you know, that's just as important that you realise that you're taking that qualification. Because I did it, you know, um, I got told that I couldn't progress unless I had the degree, so I went and did the degree. So even though I missed out on doing A-levels, I went off and went to college and did business studies and that's where I got really interested because it's been in my blood since, well, before I was born, to be quite honest with you. All my family, through the centuries, by looking in my past, I realise I've always gone into an entrepreneurial kind of um, career. And that was all by wanting to earn money. Okay, and I've got a passion for it. So before I was even born, my ancestors have done it. They've done quite a lot of entrepreneurial stuff and they've come from different countries and they've mixed in different societies. So I suppose my blood started to do it and my father did it and my mum's done it. So we've all had an entrepreneurial kind of stance to ourselves. So I enjoy business studies and I enjoyed studying it and I wanted to go back into it. But also because I'd all had a gang full of people within my lifetime saying that I'm not clever enough on paper so it stuck in my throat it, you know you can see her just swallowing that it made me quite angry that um, only because I didn't have a piece of paper I couldn't progress on their opinion of what I could offer even though I'd earned a lot of money by then by jumping through one job to the other to the other to the other with experience and proof and evidence that I could do different jobs I still felt inadequate because I didn't have that piece of paper and the employers was making me feel inadequate because I didn't have that piece of paper so I decided late in life really at the age of 39 that I would take on a degree and it was five years by the time we'd finished it because it was part-time whilst I was working. So there is no time like the present to make a decision like that. And it may help you or it may not. It may be just a stamp within your academic and your career um, passport that you've got that piece of paper to in your back pocket, like Asda. You know, it's got, got something in the back pocket, okay? So there's no excuse in the future. There may be more excuses of a different kind that they don't want to employ you. And you'll probably never get to know the truth sometimes but that won't be an excuse for example oh you haven't got enough experience in um, looking after managing people well okay off you go and you go and get a, an experience that you're looking after people 
whether or not that's voluntary uh, on a weekend you might be looking after uh, something to do with a festival and you've managed to get used to people and managing people I've done it in different ways in all jobs that I've had and the most of I, I, I had underneath me was 2,000 people at once and that was absolutely like ooh, a bit scary okay because you have your top management that you've got to report into which is even higher than me the shareholders myself then I've got other managers to talk to and hopefully that information got down the path and if somebody was treating my staff in not a kind uh, way then that wouldn't be my teaching so I, had to, I would have to go right down the path of saying no that's not correct I might have given you that order but if you're not teaching that new order down to the rest of the staff then that would upset me because I know that everybody learns at a different pace including me and if you aren't, haven't got an happy employee you haven't got an happy um, customer focus going on you know some customers can peel us off you know <laughs> your internal staff at the end of the day are your customers every single day and some will take the mickey and some will go on sick but anyway we digress but at the end of the day what I'm saying is just do a plan for you, do a roadmap of your future and what you've already got in your kit bag from your map of where you were when you're feeling lost and go forward on, I need that skill, that's a tick in the box that I need to get, I need that skill, I need that piece of paper, I need to have met that kind of person and again we can talk about networking as well going forward. I think networking is really important but what I even have done wrong in the past is I go into a room networking with not necessarily all my intentions mapped out so it's like oh yeah I'm going to a networking event oh brilliant what are you going to do oh I'm going to basically just tell everybody that I'm this and I represent that company and this is what you can buy off me or this is what you can buy off the company when actually it's so much more important to go into a room and network with what are those people in there for Yes, they're wanting to represent a company and they want to represent themselves, but also what other interests are those people um, that you're going to meet interested in? Because you might meet them in five years' time. You might work out that you end up working together at another company. You know, there's loads of reasons why you should go networking and it's not just for the present moment. It is for your future as well, possibly. And it works both ways with the company. It's like, well, actually, you might find a new partner. I've done that before, where a company I've come across is um, an ideal partner in the future to make both companies really, really, really strong by, if you like, you scratch my back and I scratch your back. It's a bit of a saying that I've been brought up with when I was a kid. It basically means if you help me on that, then I can help you on that. And that's that's great, you know, because both companies are more prospect, um, more profitable, and hopefully staff get more money and off we go and life is easier so if I recap one no prospects what is a prospect well, a prospect is that you've got something that you can do and offer of value to somebody in your future what can you offer them what have you already got which is on your roadmap looking at where not just where you were but 
what you gained in that period of time? Are you good at traveling? Are you good at finding yourself from A to B? Could you be involved in logistics? Um, are you good at spotting an opportunity? Rather than just leading, reading off a script in sales, which used to drive me nuts, but why is that important for somebody to buy off you? Well, it's important because it matches what that customer wants at that period of time. Okay, so I want a, a pink hat to go with my pink jumper. Right, okay, straight away the value is you will have a complete nice outfit that is completely pink and, you know, goes with the flow of how you're feeling that day in your outfit, whether or not you're going to the races or whether or not you're going shopping. The value is this item will make you feel completely all at once and matched up. It will add value to your overall day in your own outfit. And that's very simplified, but I want to make it simple because I know sales panics everybody. What is your customer wanting off you for value? What are you prepared to do? Are you prepared to wait to gain the new skills and a new experience? Is that online? Is that by going into an institution like a university or a college? Where are you going to go for it? Have you got the funds for it? And if you haven't got the funds for it, how can you get the funds for it? Is that by doing a second job? Is that by depriving yourself of something whilst you are doing it? So for me, with my degree, I deprive myself of other exciting things, which is going out and going on holidays like everybody else and clothes to pay for my funds for my university. And it was so painful, I admit, it was so painful, but I did it and I've got it. And no one can take it away from me and the experience and the education and the meeting doing people has been very valuable from that point of view. What other things can you do that you can tap into where you get that skill at the same time? So again, an excuse of that would be, if I go and work in a bar, I get to meet loads of different customers which are angry, nice, funny, drunk, whatever, but you're getting loads of customer-facing experiences. How to stock up at the bar is learning you how to do just in time, which is a methodology around um, making sure you've got enough stock in. Is that relevant to the next job that I'm going to be going into? Okay, so hopefully, no prospects. I kind of given you an idea today of you have got loads of prospects and you are going to change your whole life with a little bit of writing something down. And this, by the way, is my favourite tool. And for those who can't actually see me, but the tool is a children's notepad, which is a pound. And I've got about 10 that I constantly have all named up for different things. But that notepad allows me not just to write things down, but I draw, draw pictures, colour it in, go back to it and think, oh, okay, that year and that moment I thought of uh, different things. So it's almost like a whole library of your brain being dumped onto pieces of paper. And it's better than lines because you can do anything you want. It's blank. And a blank sheet of paper offers you brand new prospects in its own right because you can say I start at this and I go to the next level 
and keep looking at the piece of paper, adding to it and go and get another pad for a pound and write on it. Everywhere I go, including really important business meetings in the past, I've taken my children's pad. Well, it's my pad, but it's a children's pad with me. So we can actually discuss and draw and write at the same time. And it doesn't have to be neat. Then when you get back, you can type it up and you can make it into a beautiful presentation, whatever. That helps you brain dump down. And there's loads of technical terms. You can use mind mapping, things like that. Look, look them up. But just to simplify it, if I was a youngster, what do I want to look at every day? Just simple, easy things that will make you spark back into, oh, I know what that conversation was on about. So quite a few tips under um, prospecting. You are your own prospector. You have got very, very cheap tools that you can utilize today. And if you need to rest, so your brain can release these thoughts you need to lie down and you need to go to sleep or you need to go for a drive or listen to music in a driving car necessarily happen if you're young and with the you know, virus going around at the moment but find your way that suits you not what i'm telling you to do or anybody else is telling you to do what makes you have the time to think and do it 100 percent do it you are your own prospector like that men women who used to use the uh, I don't know what the instruments are called but where you used to go and get to gold mining or whatever go within get your best friend inside as we talked about last time go prospecting and then go wow how dare I do it dare I it's off the time it's whether or not you dare or not Use your mouth, use your ears, mouth to ask questions and to confirm and then give gratitude. Thank you very much for that information. Use your ears to listen properly. Use your eyes to watch. Anyway, go and get your prospecting done for yourself. Alrighty. 21 minutes all on prospecting. Ta-ta for now.